Synchronicity will take you along. And here's your host, Travis William Skink Mateer. Okay, and we're going with another episode of Zoomcron. I'm your host, Travis Mateer, and I'm recording this introduction on the evening of December 20th, 2021. Here at 216 West Main Street in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's nice and snowy outside the studio. As I was driving in, I was thinking, um, what new information to add before sharing this conversation with Noah? Um, who, who is Noah, you might be asking. Um, I'll get into that in the conversation, but Noah is someone I, I met to doing my first Hireside Chat meetup. Um, Hireside Chat is a fantastic podcast. I enjoy the heck out of it. Um, Greg Harlwood, I, I will be talking to him at some point, I am sure. I have faith as a synchromistic that the synchronicities will lead to a conversation with Greg Harlwood at some point. Um, and that conversation will potentially be about um, how we connect with other people in meat space and why that is so important to be doing so in your own community. So I'm here in Missoula, Montana. Um, I've done two Hireside Chat meetups now and have met two fantastic people. I'll be doing another um, interview, I hope, with um, another fantastic person coming down the, the line. So, <clears throat> very excited about some of the stuff that's coming up. We are wrapping up the end of 2021. This is the, the last month of the year. We are a few days away now from the shortest, darkest day of the year. Um, and then the sun will be going back on its ascent. That's that whole sort of Christmas solar thing going on. Um, some other stuff that might be relevant. The the Zoomcron blog, I am hosted by WordPress. I've had the WordPress blog used to be called Reptile Dysfunction. I finally changed the do domain name to Zoomcron. And as I continue to expose and write about local politics, gonna probably get more difficult for people to access things um i i had a few few readers let me know that my post about the larchmont golf course development being spearheaded by blue line development and the wgm group very notorious here locally um well that that earned me apparently uh some kind of red screen when when people click it with their microsoft because from my my brief investigation um I now have some kind of issue with, with Microsoft uh, Defender Smart Screen, I believe is, is what it's called. Um, and so there's a process. It's all very esoteric when you start getting into this stuff about trying to say, hey, no, my uh, website isn't spreading you know, illnesses out there on the, on the webs, on the interwebs. It's not, not happening. But um, clearly it's unsafe. That's right, the, the term unsafe. It's an unsafe website, and you know, to to a certain degree, if you're an entrenched political machine in a small town where a river runs through it, like Missoula, yeah, yeah, my blog is unsafe to you. 
to you. And and on that note, oh, ah, sorry, I'm making all those loud noises. Um, before getting into the conversation, let's let's have a poem, shall we? I am a poet. I went to the University of Montana from 2000 to 2003, did an undergrad in creative writing and literature. So I am um, I'm well qualified to show you verses. Um, and this this poem is for a couple different people, entities, you know. Um, and I'll I'll just re- read it real quick, and then we'll get to the conversation with Noah. This is as of now untitled. Roger that, United Way, secure the lure for Susan Hay. Be it public or private hands, set to vibrate on nightstands. Mayor players with toxic gin identify as having fins. Swimming through the golf course scheme, lost is winning, know what I mean? Or don't you blame train from a spot where homeless shields take the shot from angry peasants with sharpened forks listening for your popping corks pop pop okay get the champagne ready we're gonna have a conversation with someone you've never heard of before um i didn't meet him until just last month but you know what that's how things go all of a sudden you're just having a chat about alistair crowley synchronicities um in you know the end of the month end of the year 2021 it's just what's happening so please enjoy this is zoomcron i'm your host travis Matier. if you want to get into touch with me touch me will skink at yahoo.com is where you can virtually reach out w-i-l-l-s-k-i-n-k at yahoo.com here is the conversation with noah okay so second go around um welcome to another episode of zoomcron i think this is lucky number 13 um, and with that in mind, the topic today is going to be synchronicities, and I have a special guest as part of a, a sort of a new local series I'm going to be doing, talking to people. Um, and as I talk to people, I'm going to be using just a first name, since cancel culture is real, and it could come for you. Um, and so Noah is with me today. Hello, Noah. Howdy, how's it going? Oh, you're going to have to get a little bit, I think, yeah, closer yeah. to that microphone. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I don't have headphones on, on myself, and so I can't monitor the sound too much, but that's because my tech guy and my co-host, Tim, is not is not with me right now. Sure, sure. Make um, do with what you got. You know, I work. You got to keep I, rolling. I try to make music, and I've, everything is just hanging on by a thread. Well, you're yeah. a creative, um, and you're someone that I am now having a second conversation with. And so I, I don't know a lot about you, and I only want people in these conversations to share what they're comfortable with, but I will share the fact that we met because I set up a higher side chat meetup. It was the first one, I've done two of them, um, and I met, I've met two very interesting people, and you were the first one that I met. And so it was at Liquid Planet, a great, great business that I love to, I love to frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, Many of them and, around town. Um, the, get just a little bit closer. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoot, scoot that. Scoot so forward. Yeah. I just want to make sure people can hear you. Yeah, yeah, you're Noah. good. Um, gotta remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I want you to confirm first and foremost that that I am a weirdo who likes to play with Legos, and that I was sitting at this oh, table no doubt. Yeah. with a giant Lego set. Yeah, this is great. This is so. I mean, you're walking into this coffee shop preparing for this meetup. Not sure what to you're expect. Not, right? Well, I'm not sure who I'm gonna meet up with. You know. And I'm walking through, he's like, did I watch the podcast? Did I listen to it too? Did I? And then I see the guy with the Lego box. This is a massive one. This is a, 
That was like a castle. 800, was a big... 800 plus piece set. That's how I roll. Yeah, I guess it was. A... And you got the big table for it. And I knew it was a good way to make a connection. So I went up to you and thought it was you. And it was. Which is rad. Yeah. Yeah. And the higher side chats. You know, I have a friend in Missoula who uh, showed me that show. So it feels, even though I felt like it was just you and me there and your friend who came along too. Yeah, Bob, Bob showed yeah, up too. Yeah, yeah, which was awesome. But there's more, which is cool. There are more people in this town who listen to that podcast. I know at least three. Absolutely. Which is well, rad. Are, are you comfortable sharing your age range? Yeah, yeah, I'm 23. Just turned. Just, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Well, and it's funny because I'm 43. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and Bob was, or is, like, because Bob is still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 63 or 64. Yeah. On Interesting. The yeah, look at us. Well, and, and then you walked in with a book in your hand, and that was already for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm like, is anyone even going to show up? You know, I, I'm sitting here in my in my all-black, you know, attire, my, my uniform, looking, yep. looking kick-ass with Legos. Uh -huh. So clearly bringing attention to myself. Um, and then I was like, he's got a book by Dave McGowan. Uh-huh. Weird scenes. Okay, here's the deal. I need books that I'm interested in. Oh, man. I'm interested in mysteries, man. I'm interested in discovering things that maybe I thought were wrong before. So, and, so you can see books and, here in the yeah, studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you want to talk about mysteries, you, look at that lunchbox. What do you see up there, Noah? Oh, what do you, what do you wow. see? That is a Hardy Boys Mysteries lunchbox. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's great. I like yeah. old stuff. I, yeah. like, I like toys. No, I love this. This podcast space is rad, dude. I, I, I've been very lucky to be here, although I'm sure my, my host here, um, you know, the, the people I pay rent to sometimes get a little challenged with, with some of, the, um, some of the, the things that happen around me in trying to expose local corruption. I know we're going to be talking about synchronicities today and like Crowley and some very fascinating stuff, but... Um, it's interesting because there, there, there is narratives locally that aren't being told, um, mm. and that's going to be a, a big part of my upcoming year, I think, in terms of what's going to be happening because we're here in December, you know, end of the year. End of the year. Um, one of the darkest days coming up, the solstice, and that's when the Matrix is coming out. We, we might be heading into some kind of uh, demonic transhumanist future. Um, yeah. What do you think about this kind of weird stuff as a, as a younger um, person than I am? Well, no. man, it's been a crazy journey, you know. It was only, I think, it was near JFK's assassination anniversary last year that I kind of, I watched the movie Zeitgeist and kind of got a bigger oh, view on the world. Yeah, yeah. And then you find out about this transhumanist thing, which, you know, I think is the, the most present and tangible and I can visualize it. I see it in front of me happening. See, you, you, you don't know? have a lot of time to like I catch don't. up to this I stuff. Don't. I don't. I've really had 20 feel... years like kind of working with, in researching this material. Definitely. So. I feel like I'm a part of a lost generation. Like the, I feel like my role in this world is to either preserve maybe what was before me and what I can understand versus uh, join something that I'd never wanted to join my whole life growing up and this will lead into synchronicities i yeah, guess yeah. my whole life growing up i looked at money i looked at desks in a classroom and i looked at everything and i it didn't make much sense to me you know and i think that's how everybody feels you know but you just follow the path and yeah and then when i discovered i don't know gnosticism really in general like it resonated so, with me, it, yeah. but, but we can come back to that. What uh, you, no, I'm very interested in, in, in the idea of Gnosticism, um, and that, that's something that really early on um, opened up an idea of Christianity for me that I was not aware of. And so Gnosticism for me sort of coincided with Philip K. Dick um, mm -hmm. and realizing that Philip K. Dick was grappling with some of these philosophical ideas, Gnosticism, Neoplatonism, 
Um, I mean, Philip K. Dick kind of had these crazy experiences near the end of his life um, that really led to some of the most amazing writing. Um, and yeah. and movies are, are places that synchronicities tend to pop up. I've had some recent ones with Radio Free Albemuth, which is based on a Philip K. Dick book. Hmm. Um, it's an amazing movie. Um, and and so synchronicities can pop up in songs. What, what were some of your maybe uh, the little like signals that this universe can send out sometimes? I mean, it was that. Thinking, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so quick it. to respond. It was that. It was that. It was the fact that hey, like these beliefs that I've had, like that. I don't know, maybe the power of the self that God is always in you. That was always like, yeah, no doubt. Did it's, you have like a formal it comes religious from your upbringing? Mind. What kind of religious? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a religious upbringing. It was uh, Jewish. and um, But it wasn't, my parents really wanted to me, me to be Orthodox. And like, I went to a Jewish preschool. But they quickly realized like learning Judaism and Hebrew for half the day. I wonder if that's math. any similar to like Presbyterianism in suburbia, where it's like, yeah, you're in a church, but it's suburbia. It's very materialistic. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to uh, represent visually what they um, are worth. You know, sure, I, sure, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the first initial question you asked there? I, oh, we're we're just chatting yeah, about synchronicities yeah, no, no, and how it, was, it and how it, it starts bubbling to, up in your life, right? Yeah. Oh, synchronicities. Yeah, yeah. But just when I learned, like, oh, these thoughts that I have are being affirmed, and other people thought them, and it was surprising to like. I don't know, just recently learning about Crowley and getting into that. But my synchronicity journey yeah, yeah. happened. This is the story I'll tell. Uh, I went back home for Thanksgiving down to Denver. and uh, This year? Yeah, yeah just, okay. yeah, just now. Which I didn't really want to do. I do not like the big city. That's why I left it. And it, just everything about it, we live in suburbia and it Were you in the me. Denver airport? Did you go no, by plane? No, no, I drove. No fucking way. Because no. the airport freaks me out. The Denver airport is notorious I with its imagery. I love airports, man. And I love DIA. Just something about a liminal space. And I love the thought of it being a big base, but I <laughs> I don't love that I'll never be able to experience that. But... um. Well, never say never. If no, you're dissident, yeah, maybe that's yeah. one of the special places they take you to re-educate you yeah, or to possess, sure, possess sure. you with alien, right. you know, that's demonic forces. Room you never 101 know. is down there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, so but, Denver? Back yes, I was, I was on a walk with my father with my dogs, and we live in a pretty nice neighborhood. And like, we're, But we're out of the neighborhood. We're in a super nice neighborhood. And there's a guy who owns Pepsi who lives. One of the guys who owns Pepsi lives there. And he's got this huge, you can see it on Google Maps, he's got this huge maze in his backyard. And it's astounding, it's cool. But this time walking around, I noticed, uh, noticed on the fence posts, there were these pine cone looking things. Oh. oh, what is that? Well, I knew what it was. I knew it represented the pineal gland. I didn't, and I wasn't sure if it was Freemasonic. And I love Freemasonry and I don't think it's like a bad thing. I, I'm sure there are like sects of it that do bad things well, but you know, i think the, mostly it's a traditional thing symbolism, and i love architecture man yeah, yeah and the symbolism on. the symbolism is one of the things that the sort of synchromistics um look for in movies and when you start thinking about some of the old movies that you may have experienced as a as a youngster mm -hmm. um right now i'm rewatching uh flight of the navigator totally and flight yeah. of the navigator has some interesting cues um, when you start looking at sort of uh, ritual abuse um, and some of the, the programming, mm -hmm. screen memories, some of the things that start um, becoming phrases and terms that you become familiar with looking into some of the darker aspects of things. But when yeah. you start um, realizing that, I mean, it, it, within the maybe past year or so, that, that there are just even signs in your face as you're taking a, a, a walk with your dad and the dog. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Does that yeah, change it for you a bit? You no, know, no. You know, it wasn't because I I loved that. I wasn't, like, offended by it. I wasn't searching for anything to, like, be worried about. But I did think, like, okay, he's 
he's Pepsi and he's got Freemason things. That could be something crazy. He's killing a bunch of people. Pepsi, heart disease. My, he's killing my dad, you know. But like, uh, either way, I say, hey, dad, you know what that, you know what that, those pine cones are? He's like, no, son, I never noticed those. I said, I think they're Freemasonic. Go home, whatever. I look it up. Yeah, they are. And I'm driving back up to Montana. And man, I get through Wyoming. No, I'm in Chugwater, Wyoming. And I pull off to fill up gas. And I'm looking at the Chugwater sign. And I like it, man. Chugwater's got the most beautiful canyons. And it's a beautiful place. So why wouldn't there be a Freemasonry sign under it? And it's a small town of like 3,000. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It must be maybe five. Who yeah. knows? But either way, there was a like city founded on Freemasonry type of thing. I thought it was cool. There was a pair of glasses sitting on it. I took them, maybe in well, some know, synchronistic venture. So, so you're you're returning back. And you mentioned something I want to get into a little bit. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking a, a bit before hitting record, mm -hmm. um, and the idea of Crowley and sort of your free will, do what thou wilt. Um, I mean, there's this idea out there. I think if you're if you're going to pull back on maybe some of the the heart chakra stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and you look more callously at the fact that that people are making decisions they're entering into contracts if they're passing paper fiat currency for a pepsi that's their free choice exactly. to do so and we um i could say that alcohol was you know fucking me up and blame the alcohol companies um i could blame blame boda box you know damn it boda box why did you make this product you know, mm -hmm. that hid how quickly I was mm -hmm. draining that little plastic tit inside of your cardboard yeah. edifice, you know, yes, but, yes. but ultimately that wasn't that my choice, you know, wasn't I doing that, you know, um, in, in a, in a conscious way, such a um, funny, yeah, sorry. So I'm not, a, I, no, I, I don't apologize. I, no. I love segueing and we're going to have a meandering conversation and Crowley's going to come up because that dude has had influence. And it's someone that I am very interested in, have researched uh -huh, uh -huh. Jason Horsley does amazing yep. work. Mm -hmm. Um, on, on sort of trying to understand Crowley and put him in a context that is, um, I, I think actually Horsley is, is pretty empathetic in, in a lot of ways in his treatment of Crowley. Um, uh -huh. because, because there's been a lot of um, really kind of exaggerated stuff like put on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, if we all have free will, if we're all sort of like you know, the spark of the we're divine down here to experience yeah. this, this material world, you know, what is our own agency and responsibility? So. It's it's such a funny dilemma because like everybody, everybody has some spark of that in their head, but they like, I'm practicing it. It's such a hard thing. But back to that Boda Box thing, which is hilarious because it <laughs> does take place all up in here. Yeah. I was walking out of Warden's yesterday, getting alcohol. And uh, I was walking up to the front and I, and I look at it. And this is like every fucking store you'll see this. Yeah, yeah. Is you walk up and the candy is just staring at you. Yes. It just wants you. Mm -hmm. And he says, how's your night going? I say, it's a fucking miracle. I don't buy candy every time I come into one of these places. <laughs> Isn't it? Because they're staring me down. It's right in front of me. You want me to have the chocolate there, the gummy there? And it's right in front of you when you check out just to tempt you the most. And that's the way it's meant to be. Yeah. And, and, and sugar sugar's a great replacement for alcohol. There's a reason why yeah. the, the, the dry drunks sure, at the homeless sure. shelter love their donuts. They needed some yeah, kind of sugar to kind of get I things going. It. Anything. Yeah. Everybody's got their vice. But the guy gives me this. Oh, cool. He's what like, is that? Take, it's a chocolate ball. Oh, He's nice. Like, he says, take this then. I'm like, no, the point was I don't want this bullshit, man. But either way, I took it. But I didn't say that. But you didn't eat it. No, I. he gave me two. This is the second one. But it's lasted two days, man. That's pretty good. That is but pretty good. Back to this masonry story. Yes, yes. Because it'll be done soon. And um, okay, so then I arrive in Livingston, Montana. And I'm on the Mason hunt now. Now I've been thinking about them. I'm listening to the higher side chats on the way up about them. Excellent. Okay, so Excellent. I get into Livingston. 
And I remember I told you this on some SRA thing I learned that ton, ton on the end of a town symbolizes Satanism in it. I'm not sure. You know, I that can't. was you telling me that. Yeah, that's right, I can't that's be right, sure of that. Right. That doesn't mean anything to me. But I know that Boston's had a crazy history and Stapleton's a cr sick place in Denver and a lot of yeah there's some correlations i can pull but either way in livingston i have always had a thought like this place is the devil's town <laughs> whatever what does that mean i don't know anything but then i pull but an intuition yeah. it could be just an inkling you intuition know? And, and i i definitely think people should trust their gut feelings when definitely. it comes to stuff intuition i'm driving into this town and i'm looking around i'm thinking where will this masonic temple be i love architecture man and that's why i'm really into it a little bit and uh and I'm looking for this building and I'm like, okay, I gotta pull it up on my phone. Pull over against this curb and I look on my phone. But before I look on my phone, I'm just gonna look out the window. Boom, ha, Freemason symbol right there. And it's a of stucco, course. it's a stucco temple there. No, it's literally just four walls and a roof. Yeah, you wouldn't, probably wouldn't have suspected no, it being But I just parked right next to it and I look over and it's there. And I walk around it, see its history, 1803, something like that. Then I get to Butte. Okay, that was a coincidence, man. I just pulled. That's yeah. synchronistic. I, but it's just a coincidence, though. I pulled up, and it was right there, and I was looking for it. Get to Butte. Same thought process. This time, I'm driving through the town. It's a beautiful, hilly town. I like it. And I see the street, Park Street, and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, it's on Park Street. In my head, I just knew it was on Park Street. And I pull over, and I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. And I pull over, and I get on my phone. And it says it's right across the street. And it's right across the street from me. That's my synchronistic journey through Freemasonry. You're recently. tuning into something. You're I'm tuning, tuning in. in. And the point of synchronicities, because it's not that impressive. I think it, I thought it was spectacular, but it's the same way I think you're going to text me and then my phone buzzes. Yeah. And that happens for everybody, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And it's presence is what I think synchronicity is. Well, one of the yeah. things that, that may be going on, um, uh, so Mark Steves, it, he does the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Mm. Um, and I've talked to him. He helped. He was the guy that actually got me on Sam Tripoli and, and doing yeah, the, the tinfoil yeah. hat. Um, and the ley lines and where buildings are situated when it comes to when it comes mm -hmm. to sort of the, the maybe global um, energy field, uh, power structure type yeah. stuff. I think there it definitely is something to that, and There's so much on those things. Yeah, oh, go on. absolutely, well, and then water too. We are we we cannot forget that we are in a town with glacial lake energy that shaped the Northwest. And one of the things that was the craziest experience um, that you and I shared in, in the conversation that we mm -hmm. had um, at Liquid Planet is the fact that I'm writing this this piece of fiction. Um, in this story, and there's a part of the story that's sort of south, kind of in the Deep Creek area, and then you're like. I'm writing a story and it's like kind it's of north perspective up. and I just I was like you're kidding me and I, I the, the same way you kind of knew where you were going in Butte I just I, I knew you were touching on the same story that I'm touching on and that it's maybe more of a memory of something that happened in the future you know mm -hmm. something like that because mm -hmm. um even before we uh we started this today um as i was kind of working out i have an, uh, this amazing workout routine now with modest mouse oh um, the first Please, we could put that down for a sec i want to hear about that but yeah we'll put that down for a yeah, second but um, yeah, um yeah. i was listening to the higher side podcast because yeah, i'm like i might yeah. as well listen to the higher side episode preparing to, to talk to you today and it was paul levy um where is his book he does the. Is what, that a new one? He calls it Watiko. Yeah, yeah I did. You know, I just, I just looked at it. 
So he's got a, a new book that's going to be coming out, um, and I'm convinced he's onto something with like how he articulates this sort of mind parasite that's sort of non-temporal, um, outside of time, and, and has this ability to sort of mimic us and show a version of us back to ourselves. And if we're not in tune with our, our true nature, who we actually are, mm. um, we can be sort of hijacked by this mind virus. It is fucking cool. Um, and I think he's onto something. His his um, book that's coming out is going to be basically saying all religions have this as an idea. So I keep on picking my ear against me. Mm, stuck in my fine. ear. Um, he, he basically says that uh, all religions have an aspect um, of Wetiko or Wetiko. Um, and so th- he kind of takes from this indigenous idea of Wetiko, um, Wetiko. I don't know how you actually pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, but huh. I've heard him twice now, and it is fascinating amazing you can maybe start having sympathy for um people that that become sociopaths or are sociopaths maybe there is just something to um this this sort of outside of time kind of entity and and part of synchronicities i think could be a language outside of time i i oftentimes when i'm talking to people um about different ideas christopher nolan makes amazing movies Mm -hmm. he made the prestige which um has david bowie playing tesla and takes place in colorado springs and so yeah my dad really wanted me to watch oh he you should watch it it's a crazy movie but christopher nolan um also does inner interstellar the movie Mm. and so that movie has matthew mcconaughey going into a black hole and being able to um sort of communicate with his daughter outside of how we experience time Um, and there's other ideas of time being um, this like idea of the Saturnian uh, cube and that we experience time in this way that's um, like almost itself sort of like uh, this foreign this foreign thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these ideas because for me it gives like a more expansive sense of the universe. Um, I always felt that uh, traditional organized Christianity was somewhat limiting. Um, that's why Gnosticism appealed to me early on. You know, I, I thought this idea of the, um, these guys, people you know humans back in the day being like oh man yahweh's psychotic like yahweh's like down here you know who are we like we haven't seen him that's my thought process i'm a very primitive thinking guy yeah and this would lead to my second thing which maybe my whole point isn't gnosticism it's the perennial philosophy which goes back to this watiko explain that perennial perennial philosophy. philosophy Yeah. It's basically all the correlations that have ha- all the correlations that overlap between all religions. It's like the, like the, the flood, facts, the, the, the flood facts, pop. man. It's the facts, you yeah. know. Thou shalt not kill your parents. Dude. Okay, okay. Or th- thou shalt respect your parents. Like, okay, that makes sense. It's all the th- things that came from religion and have it's the ones that come back, the perennial philosophies, the thoughts we keep coming back to. It's a beautiful thing. And uh yeah, we could go in so many directions with that because when you talk about Watiko being, you know, you see traces of it in every religion. Well, yeah, and, and, yeah, and there's traces yeah. of it, like if you're not sort of um, conscious and present in your own sort of more true self. Um, and, and honestly, because of the school experiences that you and I probably shared similarities, mm-hmm. we're in public school. Was it public or private school? <laughs> it's private. Private very school? Very sheltered. Oh, okay, so the. I wouldn't say sheltered, but very privileged. But you're still very in a classroom, and I'm in suburbia. Yeah. Um, you know, was, even though it was public, it was like you know the the nice brand new school, and mm. um, I mean it, the education wasn't the the greatest, but um, you you go from a privileged environment where you're taught certain things, and the the process of kind of waking up to that. Uh, I mean, my my initial rebellion when I was your age. 
um, I was doing the rebellious stuff that the counterculture sort of told me to the Jim Morrison's, the Jimi Hendrix's, you know, um, alcohol was a part of that, but so is, you know, psychedelics and, and cannabis. Um, and, but then I also yeah. have to start thinking though, as a, um, as someone now responsible for dependents that are going to be going into this world, um, mm-hmm. you know, how many pitfalls have been um, escalated and, and created for them now? Because one of the things I was, I had this interesting conversation with a, a young man, mm-hmm. 14, 15 years old. Um, and he's already known someone that's uh, died from a fentanyl overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this, this yeah, kid is like, like barely in is like this middle in school. Missoula? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's in here locally. It's in Missoula, yeah. fentanyl, and yeah. Well, and I'm trying to explain to even my own kid. I'm like, you know, I had more of an ability to make mistakes and it not being final. It's like, it seems like you younger folks have less ability to make mistakes without it being, and not just when it comes to like an overdose, but like, um, I was telling my kids specifically, and I was referencing a Black Mirror episode. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to terrorize my kids with the Black Mirror episode here and there. More you know, I, I don't know if it's mirror. a good uh, good parenting skill. Maybe I shouldn't share that for the for the cancel culture nanny staters that want to come in and be like, yeah. They're going to see um, it but, develop. But, right, right. But, but there was the one where like the kid gets blackmailed into this like sort of desport game that's being yeah. run by. That's sociopaths really scary one, yeah. and but i i use the the description of that episode to say hey what if you know as you're talking online you're you're sort of seduced and groomed into a situation in which you share an intimate picture of yourself and that then is goes to someone that you don't even know who it was behind that name or that you know that online handle and so I, i'm trying to get my kids to think about this because i worked at a homeless shelter i saw grooming behavior by you know people mm-hmm. that wanted to predate on others mm-hmm. who were vulnerable I've seen that behavior, and now I feel like we have a culture that's operationalizing a grooming behavior to basically seduce us into, you know, a jab that like I, I, I consider I rape think, if it's against my will. I think you know. the number one bone we have in front of us or care on a stick is just technology. Like people really depend on the internet. How, well, how, what's and, your relationship with technology? Because you grew up in it in a way that I didn't. Well, so I, I'm so lucky I got out of it because like I really think I'm a Gen Z. Yeah, I, I was born right at the cusp of the 21st century, and um, yeah, I was staring at a screen playing Call of Duty all night for two, three years, and like, did I, you did, did you I ever pee? Friend, but, did but, you but, did you ever pee in a cup? Yeah, I peed in my sink maybe once or twice, which is worse. As you're playing Call of, Call of Duty or something no, like a way of I hear it, those. Yeah, it, it, those things happen, right? When you're young <laughs> and you, yeah. Sorry, but, no, 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 no. That's fine. But either way, so I. I went through an experience where I moved to Montana and I I disconnected from technology for a while and I'd be glad to talk about that at another point. It's so awesome too. It's a great story. But either way, I found a disdain for video games and all of that. Yeah. And you know, I'm so glad I fell off of it because I have friends who are still asking me if I'm stoked for the new Pokemon. And it's like, Pokemon was my life, man. I loved it. I my loved kids, it. My kids love Pokemon. But I Pokemon. can't go back. I can't yeah. go back. And I actually, while I was home, the Game Boy was sitting, Game Boy, Game Boy was sitting on my bed. And I've tried to play it, but I can't because it's just, Minecraft really gets me. You know, it's building a world. Yes. It, and and so, so this was all going to lead to your kids in the metaverse. The me- and this is my yes. thought. This is my thought. Yeah, because... My thought is, the like you said with the fentanyl, like the drugs are almost coming after. Our kids are more uh, 
vulnerable than you used to be able to have more fun and get into more danger. And it seems like the danger arrives to them. Like even just thinking about living in LA or Chicago. Well, they can't it, get away from social media. That's for sure. It, if they're it, on it. Social media is the thing. And I don't think people realize that like kids in the next generation definitely will be walking around with oculuses on their head like or some or won't be walking around they're going to be walking around in the metaverse one of my uh favorite podcasts is the monica perez and brad binkley propaganda report uh show i mean mm -hmm. they do the drive time news blast four days a week mm -hmm. and um they are amazing because they take the headlines and so you don't have to like pay attention to all the the headlines you know they will take the day's headlines and and say these are the agendas we think are being served oh it, it's amazing i, I mean, like that i, it I is, mean just the thought of it yeah like it is so good it's like the I, i'm very stingy in terms of like patreon and stuff but um they're they're one of the few people that i support fully on patreon because um they they're amazing and and so um they binkley especially was was saying that um the zuckerberg announcement of the metaverse is a significant inflection point in our society the the speed in which all these other corporations started moving forward with what they already had planned nike is like branding their nft attire and my kids have already been groomed for that because um all the avatars that you can put clothes and, and get new weapons and stuff you know i was on that too it's man. i was on it's, that it's, and it's, i got out of it like it's yeah. really a miracle somehow yeah right at this point too right before this virus but well, it was, it was interesting because honestly, remote learning is something that was so so hard for my kids, hard for my wife, and the Did successes because we are in Montana, because we are blessed to be here. Yeah. The successes that I have had, getting my kids out to the river with the dog, mm -hmm. walking around yeah. in the woods, you know, that is where magic is. I go and I get poems almost every time I go take my dog for a walk. It's not just me, you know, mm -hmm. making poetry like my ego saying I am solely of this like poem. It's, no, I go out there and I am. I am open to um, forces that are beyond just my humble little self, and I get gifts all and the time. Four, four yeah. walls and a roof suppresses that your yeah. faucet of your brain, which is the God, your faucet of the pineal gland. You know, your your the calcification. You, the, the, yeah, not <laughs> the, that, not that, but your the fact cone. that you can, when you're outside and you can experience nature in a productive way, that is church. I mean, that that is a way to tap into the deeper realm. And I don't know, doing that with, with your kids is great, man, because my parents didn't do that with me. They'd send me away to, to summer camps where I'd hike the Appalachian Trail. It was radical, man. I learned so many great lessons, but it wasn't like my parents my, you know my, back to, my, my, yeah, yeah my mom my mom gave me that gift taking us on nature hikes as youngsters and yeah, living in, in seattle like i remember raising little like tadpoles in my backyard and frogs mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff i think is important to have to try and give kids that kind of connection so that they are less susceptible to the grooming that's going to happen no doubt so what's the future of that nature scene well we know a lot but here's what i'll say in regards to the internet and it's funny comment by terence mckenna because People really yeah, look Terrence at, I don't really I don't really care about the guy a lot, but there was some uh, Art Bell interview where he's he's like, Internet's God, yeah. Like this is this is the divine speaking to us. And it's like, wow. You know, maybe what would he think if he was here now? And the point of that is to say that there was a brief period, I don't know when, because I wasn't born, but I think it was like nineteen ninety eight, where when I was born, maybe to like two thousand two. That's my guess. When the internet was just a theory. It's just this concept. Every some people had computers, they were big. And then boom. You got YouTube, you got it all. It's right in front of you. You can get any piece of information you want. You want to know how India is doing today? Go check. 
You want to check the Arunga bad times today? You can. You'll see that they can't get gas or food without The phrase, the, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, seems so like real and present to me because what, what seems like a Trojan good idea... Horse. Or is it a Trojan horse? That's all. See that? See that, uh, that Star Trek? The Star Trek yeah. toy, the Borg mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's weird because I've got a couple of different things. Um, the... So one of the ways I've been trying to understand Alistair Crowley's do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And then this idea that the sort of higher vibration, the love, you know, Christ consciousness mm-hmm. is this unity mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the, the way that I've um, kind of described it to other people is that um, there is like this fierce protection by maybe the more extreme elements of the occult to preserve the widest range possible of individual action. So they want to preserve the widest range possible of individual action, right? Mm. And um, part of that experience is going into any kind of extreme and violating any kind of social norm that is out there. And that, so, so, so yeah, yeah, that is do what thou wilt, shall be the whole of the wall. How, how much can but, that, but, how much, could, how but, much horror could that justify? But, but that doesn't, that wasn't what his intent was. Right. So what's your reading, interpretation? Your, I mean, uh, his intent was like, his intent was the will is gnosis is bodhisattva nature, which is making yourself one with God. The will is you, you, my friend are living your will to Crowley's desire. He wouldn't kill you is all I could say because he'd kill anybody. <laughs> because you are living your will, man. You have your passion. Who would he kill? No, that? no, but you, you have your passion and you're directed to it. And you'll frankly maybe die doing it. And like, I don't know about that. That's a big statement to make. But either way, that was your will. Your will is your passion and and how you're leaving your Did mark Did he have on a, dis- a disdain from your from your perspective? Was there a disdain I mean, for people that sense. weren't living up to their will? He doesn't. Well, he left. I, so I was talking about this with a, a lady friend of mine. No, friend. She's, yeah, she's a lady too. Whatever. But, um, yeah, and I said, you know, Crowley went on K2. He was hiking K. He was a mountaineer. I didn't know that until I started reading biographies about him. Like, he was well known before even all the occult stuff, before he was going off to, like, the the Scottish, you know, lake. Yeah. You know, and, and, but but he was an amazing climber. Yeah, and he, and so. He also shows some early disdain for people, other people's lives. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. This is where it's leading. Yeah. So he was on K2, and the story goes as he left, he left a bunch of people up there. And I told my friend about Crowley, and she said, she said, well, maybe they weren't like living their will properly. Like, and she interpreted it well. She was like, really? You understand that? She was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that make, makes sense. Maybe he was testing them, and he got to the top of the mountain, and he's like, they didn't pass. Which goes to show he's a very fucked up individual, and it seems like he's been misinterpreted, at least what I've understood. But well, well one of the things that Horsley gets into is mm-hmm. what family trauma does, you know, and and there's some speculation about what Crowley as a no youth doubt. may have experienced, um, and and what that can do. Um, I mean, he killed the cat. He killed the cat nine times to prove if it was. I mean, this is how oh, you know if the guy's Yeah, I remember that story. This That's is right. like the original serial killer thing. Yeah, you kill the cat. But he did it nine times to see. I mean, it kind of sounds like a folk tale. I think a lot of it's a folk tale. I just think that I'm reading the Book of the Law, and that's too inaccessible too for me. It's Iowa speaking through him. But then we learn about Edgar Casey. Did you get on that? Podcast? A little, a little bit, a little bit. But one of the things, like as a poet, so I yeah. mean, I, I went to university mm-hmm. um, and studied creative writing. 
And but I didn't understand that William Butler Yeats was a part of the Golden Dawn, and that he that, his yeah, girlfriend man. girlfriend. I don't think they called him girlfriend back then, but um, his lady friend, <laughs> his lady friend, um, would channel would channel stuff. I have uh, some of some of his books on like these visions that that he translated from some of the stuff that she was going into, and and it's it's really interesting because I think one of my biggest criticisms about organized Christianity um, is that there's been just a use of fear to keep people away from developing any kind of um, better, more sophisticated spiritual mm-hmm. understanding. You know, Christ like is famous for casting spirits out of the the swine, right? Sure. Um, sure yeah. You know, there there are entities that are not sort of you know corporeal in their existence, um, and it's it's doesn't really serve us to just like watch supernatural shows on TV and be yeah. like, that's what we're going to get different. We're sorry, we're yeah. going to get different messages every time. But the one thing that makes sense is that. All of these characters, whether it's Harry Potter or whatever the fuck you want, Crowley or anything, they all tapped into a higher sense of mind. Here's another good one. In like the Avatar The Last Airbender, which strongly reflects reflects the Gita and Vedic lore, Mm -hmm. which is radical. But when you use the intense power that's in your mind, you feel weak after. And you see the same things written about Crowley and Casey. And there are these common, this but goes back to the perennial philosophy for me because I try to sift through the bullshit. There's yeah. a lot of, we live in a state of confusion, which is what I wanted to talk about, which is the present day, which you could lead to. But, oh, state but, of confusion. But we, live, deception. But, we li- but we live in a time of deception, and that goes back to Hindu lore, which I'd love to talk about. In a, yeah, I'll talk about it now, actually. Is, we'll go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are four ages, which is, this is one thing that resonated with me. And yuga, Kali, they're yugas. Yugas are the ages, Satya Yuga. Are those like ten thousand year cycles? Yeah, well, you know they're they're long. Uh, I forget the, how long the cycles are, but in Satya Yuga, you know, people were very tall or whatever. They lived not requiring food. They lived hundred thousand years, and they were pure and at one with God. They were gods. They were the gods embodied. The second, and they call that the golden age. And then it goes second. I forget what that's called. Treta Yuga is the third. Tre, it's the third Yuga, and you know they live thousand years at that point. And now as it's written, we live in Kali Yuga, which is the age of Kali, which is destruction and death and confusion. And your leaders aren't going to listen to you. And people aren't going to be able to have conversations because they're all feeding on to different bullshit that's accumulating. And, and yeah, it all comes back to that we're at the end of an age, which is yeah. kind of beautiful. And... Well, I mean, yeah. it's an. I think that it's an and amazing the, sorry, time. Age of Horus, Aeon of Horus. Oh, the, is Aeon the exact of same yeah. thing. Perennial philosophy, Gnosticism, exact same thing as Crowley's saying. The Yugas. There's a cycle and it's ending. Age of Horus is the age of innocence, the age of youthfulness, and here we are in such a innocent, so stupid. So one age. one of my worries is that there is this um, rationalization for for bad acts because there is a higher justification for being beyond the duality of good and evil. Um, so w- mm. one of the colors that signals th- things to me is purple, right? When Hillary Clinton came out after losing to Trump and like we have the red and the blue mm. of our uh, political duopoly. We have, you know, just binaries everywhere, right? Um, uh, except after the Twin Towers were reduced on 9-11, which may or may not be a sort of master uh, Ceremony to Crowley. I think there's a good interpretation yeah, that 9/11 was a ritual uni- to Crowley. I mean, it's a unification. But the the idea of purple being sort of the unification of red and blue, and 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 on the um, was it the Kabbalah sort of tree of life, 
um, that this is some sort of ascent. And the reason I bring this up is because um, I think like UFOs, this idea of satanic ritual abuse, um, even shows like Stranger Things, there's going to be an effort to sort of put this rationalization about what was done historically to to damage and destroy kids. And the fact that like you create disassociative disorders when you traumatize children in the way that they were traumatized through government programs, um, because we brought over Nazis through Operation Paperclip mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and decided to continue letting them do their shit, right? And, and it's called the conspiracy theory. It's the craziest thing. We it's continue to be crazy... right as conspiracy well, theorists. Well, no, it's not, I'm not a theorist, man. I'm not, a, like, I, I see the, I see it, man. I get worried, though, that there's, wonder, there's this justification lost now World War II. That, that all of this trauma was actually worth it because it has been the stress needed to evolve humans, to get them into their psychic abilities, to get them their psi powers, so you can sure. be 11 on Stranger Things, like, yeah, Elle, yeah, so yeah. cool. Don't you want to be like her? Another character who uses the power from your mind, which yep. totally exists. Because her mom was, you know, yeah. sort of tortured in a government program. It's, and yeah. It's a monarch thing, which is a crazy, I mean, it's a crazy thing. Because that's another connection. It's a that's a theory. You know? So one of the things that I've um, I, I like to talk to yeah. some older Christians because they um, are allies yeah, with me that. in the anti-vax yeah. stuff. They're no in terms well, of and, like yeah. in terms of being anti-vax and not wanting my kids to be jabbed by big pharma. Um, a lot of my allies are are Christian congregations. Let and me so guess, they're white supremacists too. Totally. Yeah. You you get it. I'm, I'm See, it's all the secret white supremacist groups yeah, that I'm, I'm now meeting yeah, with. Yeah. I keep on trying to get interviewed by people like the Montana Human Rights Network. So I'm like, do you want to see how I'm being radicalized? I'll tell you. Um, but they're not radicals. They're, yeah. they're great people that I'm talking to. And, and some of the things that I'm talking to them about are like, hey, you guys, um, as organized Christians, um, led me straight to Marilyn Manson. And I had to figure out for myself that Antichrist Superstar made me depressed listening to it. And I stopped listening to it. Oh, wow. But I'm like, you guys need to get a little bit more hip and appealing to the youth because the Travis Scott concert in Houston, that astral world, like satanic ritual, right? Kids are open to hearing some criticism of their pop culture because they are starting to really get the, the message that their pop culture is grooming them for this kind mm. of like demonic uh, worshiping, yeah, I mean, worshiping it's, it's, some dark forces. Even if, you, if even if it's just like a shtick, right? Even if it's not serious, um, some people do take it seriously. And one of the things that I've always explained to people, I'm like, and then I'll stop talking for no, a second. No, no, um, no. Is like, it doesn't matter what you think. If people with a lot of money and power are making decisions based on their beliefs, and it's like this old world human sacrifice death cult, then maybe you should take it seriously. And you know? and yeah, and a year ago, I would have looked at that Travis Scott concert, and I probably honestly would have looked at it the same way because i don't see it like i see it's satanic culty a little bit you know he's got the things on on the stage and whatever but overall that happens you know it just happens it just happens right but the craziest thing is in this book man this Mark McGowan book about Laurel Canyon. Weird scenes inside so the canyon. This was like five days. I'm so glad you're reading it. Yeah, this was five days after the Travis Scott thing. I'm reading through it. And oh, turns really? Out, and turns out Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones were playing in 1969 Altamont Festival, I believe, which was a huge one for all the Laurel Canyonsters. And uh, either way, man, Sympathy for the Devil is playing. Some guy gets stabbed up front. And the way he writes it, this is published in 2013 or something. The way he writes it is that Sympathy for the Devil was playing and Mick Jagger just kept playing and staring out into the audience. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that's exactly what I saw Travis Scott do. Isn't that, isn't that and creepy? Then, and then he said in the end, Satanic Ritual. And then I'm hearing people say Satanic Ritual. So the one thing I do know is that the people who 
think a bit harder in our alternative thinking have come to the conclusion that yeah it's repeatable you know there's evidence to say that like not too much evidence but satanic ritual sure sympathy for the devil but for the people who might stumble upon this podcast and don't have any understanding of that and they hear satanic ritual let's make some connections a year ago i'd think i was crazy if (laughs) i said that right and i still think it's like it does sound crazy but no but it's not unprovable when you you start seeing evidence that might lean towards some kind of belief that people have and one of the things i like to think about is even if it's just a narrative like narrative is powerful yeah you know this narrative is out there and if people enough people believe in that narrative they might actually be part of that co-creation that manifestation of that narrative into reality and so but we also could be dealing with some kind of um pattern that, that that echoes right um pearl jam Pearl Ross Jam. Ross so, so, um, well, no. When was the Pearl Jam? Nineteen ninety nine, Denmark or Sweden. Right. Ross Kilde Festival. Oh, okay. So you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, so there were some echoes surrounding that. And do you know about the connection that Eddie Vedder has to Crowley? Oh, I want to hear it so bad. Oh. So um, I wrote. Yeah, yeah. I wrote this song. Uh, it's a letter to Eddie Vedder. Um, it's, a little, it's a little obscene, but um, Eddie Vedder is a big supporter of Damien Eccles, and Damien Eccles is part of the West Memphis Three. Um, and one of my uh, favorite podcast guys, um, radio host Ed Opperman. He's a private mm-hmm. investigator. Fascinating dude. Um, well, Opperman was really um, big on looking at the West Memphis Three. And um, there's a lot of evidence supporting that Damien Eccles was indeed involved in, in killing those kids, you know. Um, uh, yeah, and and, and when, as he was in jail, um, there's also evidence now showing that, like, he was an active Thelma member of the OTO. Yeah. Um, and so the OTO kind of holds him in high regard. And so as he, as he came out um, of prison and got freed by people like Peter Jackson and, and Johnny Depp supporting him in these documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Um, Eddie Vedder was a big supporter and Eddie Vedder even did um, a, a simul- simultaneous performance kind of like talk or something with Damien Eccles in in Seattle on, on stage yeah, where I, Kurt Cobain was maybe killed I would have put it past him you know I, I already know like, <laughs> like D- Dave Grohl Dave Grohl was raised on a Virginia Air Force base which is oh interesting yeah let me go on here everything concurrent in this book and here's a crazy synchronistic thing that happened that I totally forgot about another story is I was at the dog park with my friend Shar, who we're, we talk about yeah. this type of stuff. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I was at the dog park, and I just thought the chili pepper. Okay, I know that like Rolling Stones, definitely like Satanic, whatever band. But the chili peppers, the chili peppers. What could be wrong with the chili peppers? Because I love blood the- sugar sex magic. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And that looks. Th- yeah, that's totally Thelma or whatever. But I just thought, like, they seem good, you know? If anything, they just instilled that California dream attitude through, like, made that propagandized. But either way, I was reading, I was watching some stupid, uh, I don't know, some video, and some woman comments under it. It was about the Chili Peppers. And some woman comments under it that Anthony Kiedis assaulted her and told her that he was a warlock and whatever and all this stuff and at the end she says i'm in his book I, he wrote about me in his book and her name was jennifer bruce on the thing on the comment google yeah, com- youtube yeah. comment thing and i go in my book and i read jennifer bruce and it's the same chick and she said like he was mind controlling her and he, he said she said that he said he was a warlock and all these weird things which i don't know but that that day i was thinking huh i wonder if there's any dirt on the chili peppers Flea seems like such a cool guy. Whatever, whatever. You could say anything. 
But then I found it, you know, and it was just from this random YouTube comment the same day. I wanted to know if there was something fishy with the chili peppers, and I got it. Well, and you can always, like, the the, the, the synchronicity network that you can kind of get lost in that Jason Horsley um, actually mm. kind of warned about. He called it the second Matrix. Um, he's like, if you just, like, sit there and are watching movies and are creating connections, um, like you mentioned Flea. Well, Flea was in one of the, the Back to the Future movies. Okay, Whoa. Back to the Future 2 had a, a so guy So are you that, in the second Matrix right now? What, what's that? Are you in the second Matrix? Possibly. Okay, um, no, no, no. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're heading into the second Matrix cool, right cool, now. Cool, cool, um, um, No, but, I'm like, excited. you can, like, like, take Flea and Back to the Future, and then Back to the Future connects to Trump because the Biff character in Back to the Future 2 is sort of associated with Trump and his... Um, famous sure. New York persona back in the day. Huh. Um, and then you start looking into Trump having an actual uncle um, from MIT that was connected to Tesla. And so when Tesla died penniless, um, apparently it was Trump's uncle, you know, that goes and looks through Tesla's papers. I don't doubt um, it. I don't doubt it. All Reddit, this like crazy he, stuff. And then you get lost in these narratives. No, and then, and then yeah. what are you doing? Are you wasting time and energy? Like, like what are you doing in your own life? Mm -hmm. Are you not going out to the river? Um, and connecting exactly. with, yeah. with the power source because that's sort of like where we're at, I think, um, and why I, I jumped at the chance to create mm -hmm. a higher side chat uh, hookup is because I wanted to meet more people where I am at because mm -hmm. I think the real work, if the, if the lights go out and the grid goes down and we don't have the internet, um, we need to rely on people in our actual lives in, in the meat space, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's where it's going to be happening. And that's, and that's what I you know, and thinking of the most because that's the most pertinent thing. Yeah. And, and it's the one that I think is the most advertised, at least like the currency failing. And like, I don't know if there's going to be a blackout. It kind of said it in the spars thing, the pandemic scenario thing. And oh, that spars document, man. Yeah, what it's a, crazy, a beautiful, I mean, it's a <laughs> what a crazy insightful thing. piece of literature, but um, yeah, man, I don't know anything about those types of things. And it all, it is good to just connect in real life. Because like I was talking about earlier, like if anybody's living on a Discord, a chat room, it's just a lower level. It's a lower level of communication and I don't know, this is important to well, share. Well, and I, these I value whether it's direct communication in person or on the phone. Um, there's a lot that you can pick up in those direct conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm old enough where t I'm, I'm dragged kicking and screaming into text message conversations yeah, yeah. because I don't know the etiquette sometimes of, of how to stop a conversation. You know, those text message conversations that just drag on and on and on. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, we could just like talk and get all this out of the way in like a minute or two. Yeah, I'm know? the opposite. I'll just leave them unread and like I... Okay, you've served. I don't then people to, get mad because you're yeah. not communicating. It's like, no, we we need to find more opportunities like in person to to meet. And that was it's so funny because I was leaving my job at, at Aging Services on January third, mm. two thousand twenty. It's the same day that Sean was assaulted. Whoa. Um, yeah. But I was leaving right before the pandemic, and one of the things I wanted to do, getting an art space, you know, doing art was to do stuff in person. Um, and I, when the pandemic happened, I, I just like, all of my plans were completely just turned upside down because I didn't want to necessarily get more involved with technology. Uh -huh. um, and, and I didn't and sort of foresee starting a podcast even. It was just like, okay, well, um, the tools are out there. We're gonna have to use them in, in some ways to get the word out. Mm -hmm. um, but really what it comes down to is like, you know, where are you gonna get your food? Where are you gonna get your warmth? If it's winter time in Montana, um, you know, are we ready for Water, some kind of larger meters, disruption? Smart meters. I was talking to my parents about this a lot. Northwestern Energy is putting those out now. They're, yeah, they're starting yeah. to, to come to house. My parents are really you. trapped. My, my parents are both old, living in a super nice neighborhood with a smart meter and all. Yeah. And like, I, I really think 
I, I mean, no, I, I don't know. I just wanted to tell him, like, you know, if that thing goes out, it shuts down, like, everything in the house. Did you, hear, did you hear system, about the cloud? There was an Amazon sewage. cloud that went off, and, like, people couldn't use their, their vacuum cleaners. They couldn't, like – some people forgot where their outlets were in their house, or they put furniture blocking what? the outlets, and they couldn't – like, seriously. Wait, whoa. Isn't that ridiculous? Wait, wait what is it? Well, one of the Amazon clouds um, that cloud, a bunch cloud. of these wireless, so is, is like, it, devices are yeah, on, sure. it, it went out. And so all these devices around the country apparently weren't, weren't huh. um, usable briefly. But it was, I think it was wait, for most of the Because they ran day. on – Amazon power? Yeah. Not uh, some people like Alexa, you know the yeah. some people were, were very upset because Alexa wasn't wasn't working. And so they had become okay, so yeah, yeah. familiar talking and asking like Alexa questions that they felt separation anxiety. And I'm so, like, oh my god. Uh, I'd already... love to talk about the next generation because it's the most fat, pertinent thing, man, because they they can't do a lot, man. Yeah. They're not gonna be able to do a lot. And even me, you know, my physical like craftsmanship, I wish I had I mean, maybe it's just the way you're raised, but I didn't get the education that I desired. And I think, I don't know. I sometimes joke joke with my wife, like, don't you wish you kind of had like a handyman around the house? Because, you know, we've had some sinks that that were dripping for way too long. We finally kind of figured it out. But we watched YouTube videos to learn the the skills. I'm like, like, oh, my God. Even us. Yeah. It's like. But the, I, I attribute Which part is, of that. We grew up in suburbia, and my dad was in more of a communication tech job, and so he also didn't like necessarily. Well, I think he would have if I would have been more interested to learn how to do hands-on stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of skills that I know I lack. I think communication. Yeah, me too. And and that's a shame. And I should cultivate them, and we should try to cultivate them instead of. I just bitch about it a lot. But like, do you have college debt? Did you did you get trapped in that kind of? No, that's why I stopped going because I was I was taking brilliant. classes that I wanted to take and brilliant. I was tr- studying Hindi so I could go to India and I realized oh this is a waste of money you know yeah yeah, and, yeah. I'm not gonna allow my kids to get trapped unless there's something they really want to do and it, it makes sense let um, them get a feel for it yeah but then again in this generation here's like my qualm with the next generation is communication like I can't I mean. Lots of people are looking at their phones, and communication is just lost. With text messages, it goes back to that. It's like yeah. you can mean some wholly different emotion over a text than what is perceived on the oh, other yeah. end. Yep. And if the Gen Zs live like that, it's going to be a sad world where people won't be able to express themselves to, I think, the fullest extent. And cry and like i don't know i, I think a lot of a human emotional capacity is being taken away and what's that good fall, point what's That's that fall a- under it falls under the transhumanist revolution because yeah. to disconnect the human i figured it out man so the transhumanist revolution is to defeat death right mm-hmm. right right why does religion and spirituality exist because of death mm-hmm. so therefore religion and spirituality would have no place and now i'm quoting brave new world verbatim yeah, and that's how it works. No, it's that's, the simplest, that's, simplest thing. Well, you know, and there is this idea as I watch Lost in Space, an- another show that like is kind of entertaining. I'm watching it with my family, and, mm-hmm. and it's this idea of the cyborg basically getting a heart, and and um, the the young boy will saving the cyborg from um, you know imminent death, mm-hmm. and, and there's there's just such an interesting push to get us to a, a, sort of accept. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. The it's, the immortality aspect is why I started writing my fiction fictional hmm. story because 
Um, I was trying to kind of wrap my head around the fact, okay, well, people with all this immense wealth and power, you know, what do they want? Well, they, they, they want to keep it mm -hmm. and you can't keep it, you know, when you die. And so, you know, obviously immortality seems to be one of the things that are being pushed for. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see that with a parabolic blood treatment, you know, where, where even someone like Peter tool or whatever teal is, uh, you know, running young blood through his body. Uh, you know, so you start seeing this kind of obvious longevity, Hearts, you know, wanting yeah. to, to merge with machinery if it means living forever. Um, and, and part of this is like with, with my own kids, you know, we haven't hidden the fact that we're going to die. Um, we've had pets that have died and the kids have been a part of that. They didn't get some bullshit story from us. Um, you know, that like sort of protected mm -hmm. them. Like they saw us cry. They, you know, seen dad cry, especially it's I think for, for young maybe, boys. Yeah. Um, but that, that emotional awareness, the emotional literacy, so much of that, especially with boys gets shut down. And I think that is, that is a long-term plan to really get us more in that mechanized, less than human, you know, cogs in this machine that's now being turned against us in mm -hmm. these really crazy ways. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, and back to the Trojan horse of the internet and like, or, or you said it was it's either a Trojan horse or you know really had good intentions and it's not a Trojan horse it, it does have good intentions when we talk about transhumanism like my dad's had two knees I think and he just got spine surgery right right and like thank God for that thank whatever for that you know and just we get roped into these things man everybody wants to like if you could live without insulin you know somebody lives without insulin like you would take it well, it's interesting, though. It's interesting, yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, some of these some of these things are used as as shields from what might be the the, the truer intentions. And I think in terms of local homeless stuff, um, I now refer to homelessness as, or at least the solutions um, mm -hmm. brought forward by our elected leaders. I call it the homeless industrial complex because the way mm -hmm. I describe it is people like Susan Haypatrick at United Way in Missoula County um, use homeless people as as human shields to hide behind. And so as they're um, putting together plans to develop Larchmont Golf Course, um, you know, mm. and switch out the, the homeless encampment out at the temporary safe outdoor space for some new location so they can build a new golf course out there. I mean, it's 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 one of these things that that just absolutely frustrates me because, you know, yes, the person that lost the leg, you want them to be able to experience, you know, the full range of their abilities. Right. Um, and but but at what cost? Just because. And, other ideas just because you can do something like should you um, and w even with the internet when you go back to its original development I mean this was developed as a weapon you know this By is this is this is this, is, this is a military yeah. a military you know it's not a weapon it was very useful but in the end it turns into one you know because it, it's a it's very useful you fixed your plumbing or whatever because heck yeah but but in the end it's not gonna be the same let's is the homeless industrial complex is kind of a funny thought and i was rereading <laughs> saul alinsky's rules yeah, for silent, yeah silent weapons for silent war quiet weapons for silent wars and mm -hmm. i have it pulled up right here this is what hillary clinton did her thesis on dude whatever rich college she went to in order to achieve a totally predictable economy the low class elements of society must be brought under total control and must be housebroken trained and assigned a yoke and a long-term social duties from a very early age before they have the opportunity to question the propriety of the manner in order to achieve such conformity the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of the parents and the establishment of government operated daycare centers for occupationally orphaned children 
Wow. Do you, and, and it you, goes on. Do you want to know how that plays out locally? Um, so I was the homeless outreach coordinator at the Pavarillo Center. Yeah. Um, and the guy that started the Missoula Interfaith Collaborative, um, the Missoula Interfaith Collaborative, which was uh, very central in getting the new YWCA built on 3rd Street, mm-hmm. um, he based his uh, community organizing on Saul Alinsky. So the very he very consciously used that model cool. of community organizing. Um, and I mean, it's, it's so weird as like a former progressive, you know, I, I used to buy into a lot of these things that um, when it comes to like homelessness, uh-huh. the housing first model, uh, I mean, there harm reduction some of these things in theory i can still Dude, i'm totally I can still wrong support. sorry man What's this that? isn't sololinsky this is this was sololinsky did uh no oh, what was the quote from it's silent weapons for quiet wars it's from the bilderberg group oh, I, okay. it's an ibm document we can oh interesting yeah. no but either way I, yeah this isn't what hillary i don't think it is maybe it is but go on sorry fact, no it's good to fact check yourself well yeah because i didn't want to be and also just a quick note that i had the metaverse is going to blow up the same way the internet did in a matter of like yeah. three years. And there's some video of a guy on YouTube who's already started doing it and he's like walking around in an AI costume and he has his character in the spaceship and he's doing things on his spaceship and customizing his... There's a land grab. I mean, there's a land grab in the metaverse. There's there's a couple of these like test communities. I, I was um I was on a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. with uh, the propaganda report folks and this, this woman was talking about buying land and that she wasn't going to actually do anything with it. She was going to lease it out to mm-hmm. have other people build it. Um, but the, the idea of games like Minecraft actually being uh, what our kids are learning to to build this new metaverse i mean there it's like ender's game also yeah. orson scott card's oh, book yeah. the ender's game where these kids are going to be given like these these technology tools and not necessarily told the full scope of what they might be doing it's like hey hey kids let's build your own prison you want to build your own cage exactly oh that could come on work real better. hard it's so much fun building your your cage isn't it you know and that that seems to be sort of uh, a theme of what might be happening if we if we let it if we if we make the, the the willful choices to allow this to happen. Yeah, yeah. And how how can we stop the heavy stomp, the heavy weight of you know the you have pop tech looks, rollout? The tech... Bring out some acoustic guitars, rock out with people, have a have a bonfire. Definitely trying to know? live as a normal human for yourself is so important. You know, I've realized that you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, and you can lead someone in knowledge, but you can't make them think. Oh, I like it. Last night, dude, about to fall asleep, I was like, "Oh shit, that's good." It rhymes. That's a poem. No, no, but that's that's true. And like, we can go out and be in the woods and find ourselves out there. But I really feel like if we wanted, I just want people to know what the transhumanist movement's about because it's so obvious and plain to see. And like, it encompasses COVID. Here's a great thought. Like. Well, here's we're what gonna, we're, here, here's what yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like. Yeah. I, I I went to because I I am like sort of going to more of these um, church events. Um, I support free speech. Yeah. I went out to Clinton in support of Pastor Brandon, um, and because he made a choice to pull his church out of a out of a lunch program. Um, I'm not an anti-LGBT person by any means, um, but I support his ability to pull out of this program and to not have the uh, Montana Realtors Association come in and try and sort of asymmetrically attack him for hate speech. And so um, I've been retaliated politically at my workplace. I understand how this like retaliation can feel, but I I go out there and um, uh, Pastor JD, who is someone that looks maybe for some litigation opportunities around free speech that are going to be a little bit more problematic to support you know i i heard some sort of like anti-transgender joking 
um, in this in this church that I didn't support. And mm. that, but he also said transhumanism. I'm like I get so frustrated that the word transhumanism is being put in the mouth of some seemingly intolerant Christian mouths. And, and that, that way people on the liberal side, they won't even take it seriously. If it's yeah. coming from the mouths of these like extreme, extreme right Christians white in their mind, they're going to be like, anything. well, that's just another, another right wing white supremacist conspiracy. It's theory. funny, but we're living it every day. That's a, yeah, that is funny. Like the, because Corbett just made a crazy video that broke my mind. James a bit. Corbett is awesome. But it just, it, he just made a video that broke my mind that goes into how you know transsexuality. I don't think it's wrong at all. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. But I won't bash anybody for doing anything. But the fact that it's being pushed is a weird thing, and the fact that transhumanism is being pushed, and it's this idea of changing our character. We can be anything we want to be. Which, as a Gen Z, I don't think that's a generally bad thing. Like, I like to wear what I want to wear and be who I want to be. And everybody should do that. But the pushing of it, the pushing of it's a crazy thing. And so Corbett somehow ties up that, like, you know, they, the transsexual pushing movement somehow as an end result to tie into the transhuman well there has to be sophistication in how people talk about it because if you don't talk about it in a way that's a little bit more informed and say and and bring up questions like okay well what about um getting young people on medications if you're talking about hormone therapy like that's medications they might become dependent on um, and you start asking it's other like questions Adderall like, too. you know, um, you could say anything, right? Yeah. yeah. And my brother was on Adderall and I don't, I don't know if it had long-term benefits or, or, you know, not for him, but, um, other questions that, that I'm very interested in is, is age of consent. Um, because mm-hmm. in other countries, because of, um, things like HIV, they've already looked at lowering age of consent oh, for um, vaccines or in order for, for medical, medical treatments, procedures. you know, because you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to deny people medical treatments if they have. Um, all those backwards, you know, tribal people might be too ignorant to allow people to do things to, to benefit them. But the idea is like, okay, should a 12 year old be given the right to take a vaccine? Should a 13 or 14 year old be given the right to make that decision separate from their parents? Yeah. So Um, that becomes, no, no, this is like the touchy area that just now puts me in these spaces with, um, people that I used to sort of be rebellious against. I'm like, no, I want to listen to my Marilyn Manson. My morbid angel and cannibal mm. corpse. I want to listen to like my heavy metal. About that music. You know, yeah. but now I'm in back in this like situation where I'm like, well, if we're gonna like need to like battle the wokest you know cult that that thinks that their scientism is a is is this new cult awakening and it's and that children. you can't and, and you can't even criticize you know science. It's like actually science is built on being able to criticize it with new data. Yeah, like, dude, new that's the biggest piece of lost information that science like. If it compounds on each other. And I'm looking at NIH documents that, like, contradict what the CDC says. And it's like, okay. Isn't it weird? But, like, Isn't shouldn't that part- you... It's so weird. I don't know. Yeah. But um, where were we? Uh, yeah, to, to take the child away from the family, I think, has been the first step. A cool higher side chat thing I learned. Who I was watching, I think it was um, an education expert. Um, John... Very cool name. Whatever. Either way. I probably, if he, if he was selling a book, I probably have it somewhere on the shelf. John Taylor Gatto is his name. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if it was him even, but he, I learned through whatever that in Boston, Massachusetts was the first time they brought uh, forced education, basically. It was education that the parents didn't, the parents sent the kids away. 
this is like the 1700s. I don't know when. Oh, interesting. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they test run it in Boston for 15 years only. That's why Massachusetts. That's why Massachusetts is the known as the intellectual state. You know, Harvard, because they practiced this. They got the, They tweaked this formal, forced education thing and created a curriculum. And basically, the police had to escort the students for the first few weeks to the school. Just imagine what the parents are saying. It's like, okay, you're kind of splitting up our family system. I don't know what you're saying to them. And where do you come from? You come from the government? And like at that point, it was the government works for you. They're not, they shouldn't be putting thoughts in your kid's head. And now we very much live in a society where like children are empowered. I've written something great about it, but we are empowered. Like you're empowered to be who you want to be on social media, even though you follow somebody who says something and you're like, oh, I like that. I'm going to be them, you know? And it's all very contradictory and, Deception, yeah. the, the age of confusion. I mean, it really feels now more than ever that, that unless you have a real good discernment, you're you know in, in touch with your gut, that it might be more challenging now than ever to sort of find find that truth where wherever it might be you know buried under mm -hmm. all this like madness. Yeah, and I just think it comes down to what Thelema and everything was saying is just like things are in the simplest nature what they are. I think I wrote it, the kangaroo has a pocket for its joey, the tree falls because it's dying, and my stomach is growling right now. You know, those that's a simple fact. Yeah. And, and once we start looking into race, the past blood is red. Sure, well, there's historical problems, you know, and I have not forgotten about those. You know, people aren't forgetting about those. But as soon as we're, <laughs> like... <laughs> beating racism by being racist and beating sexism by being sexist and like another thing for the school which i think natives you know that's a huge topic for me and i really there's so much history there and i'm it's so present on the land but just like there's some program at the university where if you're a minority i think of any any kind you get to cut in the line to go in front for this well, program so, so so is that equality one thing that like Malcolm X and MLK are so mostly MLK, they said the same as uh, Charles Barkley, which is like, hey, blood is red. You know, if you want to stop racism, just quit calling me black. You know, it's such a weird, it's such a weird, it's a weird, it's such a weird thing. So once we start diffusing these things and start looking into them deeper and thinking, oh, but I'm racist because I walk this on this side of the, like, no you you're a perfect human who was born to coexist with perfect humans unfortunately our minds are so tweaked by the what we consume on the media but it's all like it all made sense to me as a kid some and now the, I'm trying to recapture big, that well and some of the big themes for me that I fall back on are are you know power and and narrative control is one of the big themes that I I always am thinking about I'm always sort of hitting on and when we talk about race in a liberal community like Missoula that does a lot of virtue signaling around their, their care and empathy for minority populations, um, earlier today I was you know, on Twitter and I sent an email off um, because you know, Johnny Lee Perry is still dead. Um, the two sheriff deputies involved in shooting and killing him still haven't been named. Um, I have new information about where the investigation is at that no one else in local media has reported. Um, you know, and I'm just at, at this point of 
wondering what's more important for an organization like Montana Human Rights Network, right? Uh, an organization mm-hmm. that I'm very critical of because I'm very familiar with their work. I uh, used to know the the co-director who's since left her job um, for other opportunities, but um, you know, I just want them to be aware of what is happening, especially to, to the lives of two black men in Missoula, Sean mm-hmm. Stevenson and Johnny Lee Perry. Um, because that narrative is something that like the broader community in this town really doesn't know about. And, and, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that like narrative control also includes depicting me as a potential white supremacist because I'm standing up for my rights to say no to a medical intervention I don't mm-hmm. agree with. Yeah. Um, and uh, to say no to my kids. Um, I mean, it's just it's this incredible, weird situation where the narrative controllers have so much power now, especially in this town. Um, to to shut out aspects of, of the narrative that doesn't align with the power agenda. And so it's interesting because documentaries will still get made. Um, there will still be mm, efforts to have right. direct conversations with people. Um, and we can do a lot to just kind of break down some of these narratives by having honest conversations with other people about where we're at. the train keeps yeah. rolling on. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that the train is... Dave Strohmeyer loves trains. County County Commissioner Dave, oh, he love loves train, trains. Man, I'd love to travel this country on a BNSF. Well, oh. in that transhumanist future, there will be um, some excellent I'm Elon Musk people, uh, I, transportation, like I the driverless the, cars. You know, tell me more about your Missoula thing because I'm this morning I was talking to my roommate. It's like, yeah, like he thinks that you know Higgins could be reverted into this like San Francisco type. Is that what you meant? For the people that look at Agenda 21 and then Agenda 2030, uh, Missoula has the potential of being one of these sort of pilot cities that um, eliminates cars in the downtown Mm -hmm. core. Um, Right now, there's an effort to to look at some public transportation on Brooks and Mm -hmm. to create a central lane um, to have public transportation. And ostensibly, public transportation isn't bad. Um, But... The the and the move away from you know cars and this whole Which sort is of happening, this yeah. whole climate crisis that that all of this like pandemic stuff is going to get shifted to the climate crisis. You know, yeah, you're, you're climate gonna, you're lockdown started in Delhi. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So exactly. telling. Yeah. And and so um, what I'm skeptical of is is who ultimately is going to set the great reset. You know who who ultimately is going to benefit monetarily. Um, and locally, I can see when it comes to like something like the homeless industrial complex, I know who's making the money. I know where, you know, where where the resources are going. Um, I know the work that's not getting done and this claim that it is being done. And then um, I also know, I think, what it's going to benefit um, the power of people when we have increasing uh, crime and violence. You know, one of the things I that think is, we're building is, up to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's there's over a dozen cities at this point that have um exceeded their 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 homicide uh, all-time records and and you are absolutely seeing this this change in how um, criminal justice is approached and you know i'm not a big fan of putting people in in prison i wish there was more treatment programs and, and assistance programs but knowing what i know about this shift to transhumanist like technocratic like dystopia you know they are going to be offering technology as a solution to everything mm-hmm. um, and and surveillance total surveillance you know total control that's going to be the solution to everything because us us dirty messy humans just can't be trusted exactly. with our with our own with will money. you're you're still um using cash and coins man don't you think you could uh spread the zeta variant with that <laughs> no i mean like these are actual exactly. things and it's yeah. very simple to see yeah. like when we look at the lockdown thing and put it through a climate lens oh that makes sense 
And when we look at the money thing, which we are on, like, I've been looking a lot into CBDCs, central bank digital currency, and, like, mm-hmm. that's yep. on the way in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Yep. And they're pretty upfront that it's, like, not real, you know? It's the metaverse. And well, so, and, and so, so, it, so it's putting us in the metaverse. If we're going to talk yeah. about mRNA, which mm-hmm. is a huge one that I'm just starting to see. Like well, one of the things them, we can wrap up on yeah, is yeah, yeah, um, yeah. is as we move to the the darkest day of the year, um, the yeah. solstice that that the new matrix, you know, the new neo, there's a um, lot more going to be that. launched. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you mentioned crypto and this idea of um, the idea that I was talking about, which is climate crisis, it's so funny when you when you see some of the problems that arise. So with cryptocurrency, one of the problems is it's it's environmentally bad. You know, yeah, like we all the, this we had the Bitcoin developing thing in the modern industrial exactly, center. Exactly, you and remember they had to that. get shut down. It had to I get shut remember. down, and that's the, the the extent that the county actually engaged in the mm. crypto conversation is because so much energy was being used in in Bonner. I'm glad you you know about that because it was kind of funny, and it, it sort of highlights the point I'm making. Which, if that is a problem, what could be a solution? Well, hey, your whole body makes like electrical. Like, I why don't we the- just make our body into batteries? And then, hey, hey, the metaverse is great. Why don't you just step into this pod? And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, they made a fucking movie about this. And like, that, I don't want to live in the matrix. Maybe you think in your brain the steaks taste good and you're going to sell out your friends because the steak is just so damn tasty. But fuck that, man. You know, like, I'm going to live in the messy real world for as yeah. long as I got down here. So Yeah, I feel similarly. And I like I want to go back to India and Nepal like more than anything. Yeah. And that feels like an irreachable goal, and it probably is. Re- I probably can reach it if I wanted to today, but um. Yeah, like I would be very tempted to go into the metaverse, and but I, I mean, no, I, I disconnect myself from screens as it is. But it's it's so enticing. Just the same way, if I had some like Neuralink, like record that, record that button. Don't forget that. And like, I would love that. And I would use it to hell, you know? Yeah. But we might need uh, younger people like you to go into like the metaverse to let people know there's still a real world out there. I mean, maybe maybe one of your roles in the future will be to to help kind of get people out. That's my will. That's my thelemic will. You know, thelema in Latin, I think means faith or will. Yeah. That's all you're saying. Well, we have talked about a a wide range of interesting subjects, (laughs) Noah, today. Um, I'm going to... I have to listen to this just to make sure I. Uh, yeah, I've got a friend's name I mentioned. Um, hey. So we can we can we can roll through that and do do a little post editing. But um, I'm I'm so happy that we uh, had a chance to actually record a conversation. Um, if if for some reason Greg Carlwood is still listening or if he listens um, at all, I'm yeah. gonna be like, hey, you know, we'd Send love to come to talk to you. Or if you want to like visit Missoula from San Diego, we would love to host some kind of like conversation. Like that I've that guy has provided a great podcast format for amazing people that have opened my my eyes my brain have led to a lot of books on my shelves because Uh, um i really think uh there's just so much to learn in this crazy world and so i'm excited to find more people in the real world um to have some of those cool conversations so i agree thank you thank you thank you noah for showing up some old guy playing with legos in a cafe um i'm glad you weren't thrown off by that and that and that we were able to have a second conversation and then i'm sure we'll have a third and a fourth so it's yeah it's been a pleasure man i really uh enjoy this yeah this is now cool. my stomach is growling you mentioned that i'm just like yeah. i don't think i've had well, like lunch yet so. don't look into it any further than that well this has been uh episode 13 of zoom cron um thank you for listening audience out there you can hit me up at willskink at yahoo.com for information that's w-i-l-l-s-k-i-n-k at yahoo.com and I will be putting out something new, hopefully another inter- interview with another local next week. So stay tuned.